I'm not 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Yom Shekulo Shabbat Sunducha Lechayel 
בחוצות ירושלים, ובחוצות ירושלים. כל ששון וכל שמחה, כל חתם ונערים ממשנגינתם. כל ששון וכל שמחה, כל חתן וכל כלכלה, כל מצלות חתנים מחופתם. in the A.N. That's Cole Ish with uh, Meheira. Before that, you heard Achenu done by Donnie Gross and Company from the original Kumsitz in the Rain. Leif Tahar had Shabbos and Gilo. You heard Regesh, of course, Modani opening things up on a Friday morning era of Shabbos. It's April the 28th, the second day of ER. Today is day number 17 in the counting of the Omer. Today is 17. It's two weeks and three days. We forgot to count last night. Make sure to do so sometime today. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Tazria, and Mitzorah. Double Parsha coming up tomorrow with candle lighting time in the New York area, 729. 729 candle lighting time. Some synagogues begin early. Make sure you know when things start where you are, as we like to remind everybody. Um... We will bench Bahab tomorrow. If you're not familiar with that, it's the fast days that uh, the minor fast, we should say, to take place after the holidays of Pesach and Sukkot. Bahab starts Monday. Speaking of Monday, Monday is Yom HaZikaron. Monday is Memorial Day in the state of Israel for the fallen soldiers and those who have been murdered by the enemy. And um, that's happening on Monday, Yom HaZikaron, Israel Memorial Day. We'll have appropriate programming here at JM in the AM, as you would suspect. Tuesday is Yom HaTzma'ud, Israel's Independence Day, anniversary birthday number 69. And we'll celebrate here Yom HaTzma'ud, Israel Independence Day at JM in the AM. Make sure you're tuned in. Nothing like our Yom HaTzma'ud celebrations 58 degrees outside with 95 percent humidity winds are west at two miles an hour partly cloudy today with a high of 80 thunderstorms late tonight low 60 tomorrow mostly cloudy for shabbos a high temperature of 84 degrees my gosh yerushalayim is at 74 we're at 58 here in new york city as we say good morning on this final friday of april 2017 i got the hatzala of flatbush auction book the Gala Auction, which this year is called Beat the Clock, happens on Sunday, May the 7th at Congregation Kol Yaakov at 1703 McDonald Avenue, the corner of Avenue O. 
in Brooklyn, New York. The auction's dedicated to the memory of Mr. Joe Esses. And um, Maimonides Medical Center praises and supports the remarkable Hatzalah Flatbush for their vital service in our community. And um, uh, the booklet is uh, is filled with um, really incredible prizes, a lot of wonderful and uh, a lot of wonderful and um, incredible gifts. And if you look at the booklet, you'll see exactly what I mean. Todd Sala Flatbush, they have their uh, they have their big auction coming up Sunday, May the seventh. And uh, I guess I should give an information phone number. Well, that's actually flatbushhatsala.org, flatbushhatsala.org. That might be the best way to do it, flatbushhatsala.org. Uh, or you could dial 718-376-1900, 718-376-1900. As I mentioned during bonus JM, uh, the Mizrahi on the Lower East Side of Manhattan has announced its uh, Yom Ha'atzmaut program. You can celebrate Israel's 69th birthday this coming Monday night, beginning at 8 p.m. at the Mizrahi, 249 East Broadway, with a Tfilat Arvit Beruach Chagigit, followed by a guest speaker. On Tuesday morning, they'll have Shacharis with Hallel starting at 6 a.m. That's the Mizrahi at 249 East Broadway on the Lower East Side of Manhattan uh, for both the Monday night and Tuesday morning. Uh, Israel Soldiers Memorial Day. For the first time, Jewish communities around the world are invited to join the State of Israel's most solemn day, the Memorial for Israel's Fallen Soldiers. Yeshivat Haaretzion and World Mizrahi will be live-streaming the official ceremony from the historic cemetery of Gush Etzion, drawing thousands of residents, students, and soldiers by logging on to the live ceremony on the Arut Sheva website, israelnationalnews.com. There'll be a video recording available as well on the site. It's May the 1st. Um, that's Sunday at 10, excuse me, that's Monday at 10.30 in the morning Israel time. 10.30 in the morning Israel time. For those of us here in the New York time zone, that would be 3.30 a.m. live. And then, of course, the recording will be available afterwards. It'll be narrated with a pre-short, with a a short pre-sheer by Rabbi Moshe Tarragon. And then the Israel Memorial Day uh, experience will commence. That's very, very early Monday morning, uh, israelnationalnews.com. And uh, obviously, that's going to be available in recorded fashion throughout the entire day. Speaking of Yom Ha'atzmaut, experience Yom Ha'atzmaut with Lamdenu. Lamdenu, it's a community celebration for women on this coming Tuesday, May the 2nd, 9 a.m. until 2.30. There'll be a Tfilah Chagigit at 9 o'clock, a brunch shira with live music and Divrei Torah at 10.30. There'll be an Israeli film and lunch at 12.45, and then Tehillim and Hatikva at 2.15. This is happening courtesy of Lamdenu. Uh, who are getting ready to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem and um, invite you to experience Yom Ha'atzmaut, Israel Independence Day, with them in this community celebration for women happening on uh, this coming Tuesday, May the 2nd, from 9 until 2.30. Go to lamdenu.org slash Israel. Lamdenu.org slash Israel. It's under the direction of Dean Rachel uh, Friedman. And again, it's lamdenu.org slash Israel. That program is happening this coming Tuesday at Congregation Beth Aaron on Queen Anne Road in Teaneck, New Jersey. Speaking of the Lower East Side, which we did earlier when it came to the uh, uh, the Mizrahi event, 
Beaker Cholom of the Lower East Side is presenting an event, a, a memorial event. Actually, it's a, an event, I should say, in tribute to Mrs. Eva Grayer of Blessed Memory for her selfless acts of chesed. It's happening Monday, May the 8th, a week from Monday at 8 p.m. at the Orenstein Building here on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. It'll be a cooking demonstration by our very own Naomi Nachman. A cooking demonstration by our very own Naomi Nachman. Uh, that's happening on uh, on uh, Monday, May the 8th, starting at 8 p.m. Information and contact Beaker Cholim of the Lower East Side. So Naomi Nachman, our very own Nachum Single Network staff member who's going to be uh, hosting Table for Two this morning. The show that uh, was pre-recorded right here on the Lower East Side with the food cart from Judd's Memphis. Uh, she's going to be doing that cooking demonstration May 8th for Bika Cholim of the Lower East Side. Um, all right, there we go. What else do we have in our bag of tricks over here? Um, we'll talk with um, uh, Tzvi Gluck later on. We'll speak with Tzvi Gluck later on. There's a big event in the Brooklyn community going on this Monday night, a very important event, which we'll discuss with him. He is at the forefront of the uh, difficulties that uh, some youngsters have in our community, and he'll be able to brief us on that and talk about the event and its importance coming up. Um, trying to see what else we have for you. There'll be a Yamats Mood celebration Monday night at the Stanton Street Synagogue on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. They'll have a celebratory tefillah at 7.30, led by Mayor Shapiro, and then a light Israeli dinner to follow. Another event for Yom Ha'atzma'ut. Uh, we mentioned the uh, community fair. We'll be broadcasting from the community fair, uh, sponsored by the OU this coming Sunday. Make sure to join us for that. That'll be between 1 and 3 p.m. Between 1 and 3 p.m. We'll be at the community fair at the Metropolitan Pavilion in New York City. So number one, join the record number, and I'm not kidding when I say that, join the record number of uh, people that have already signed up and have registered, pre-registered for the OU community event. It is a record number and something that the OU should be very proud of. Uh, and to join us on the Sunday by tuning in between 1 and 3 o'clock. You'll see it, you'll hear it. Uh, we'll have encounters with probably at least 10 communities from around the United States, plus our friends at Nefesh Benefesh. And you'll get an opportunity to hear all of it and uh, to participate with us. So that's happening this coming Sunday, the OU Jewish Communities Fair. And we will be there broadcasting in New York City. Plenty more coming up. It's Friday morning, weekly update with Malcolm Honline, just over an hour away. Uh, Rabbi Yudin, of course, will be joining us with the discussion about both Parshas, uh, Tazria and Mitzora, and uh, plenty more between now and 9 o'clock before we begin an amazing day on our, before we continue an amazing day on our network right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I don't know, 
Before that, call a high with the Krakow Nigun. You heard a Donalum done by um, Cole Ish here at JM in the AM. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for listening in from around the world. Much appreciated. On this Friday, day 17 in the counting of the Omer. If you got the count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Candlelighting 729 in the New York area. A lot of synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. The Max and Ruth Schwartz Stay Road Hesder Institutions and Yeshivat Hesder Stay Road uh, present their anniversary gala dinner coming up on Tuesday, May the 9th at Terrace on the Park. Celebrating uh, 21 years of Torah and Chesed in Stay Road. The Honorable Ayelet Shaked, Israel's Justice Minister. The Honorable Ambassador Danny Dayan, Consul General of Israel in New York. Honorable Alon Davidi, the Mayor of Stay Road, will all be there. Dinner honorees include Dr. Abraham Peller of West Hempstead, Mr. Harold Kaplan of Chicago, Dr. Jonathan and Jessica Landa of Bergenfield, Mr. Yaakov Shama of Brooklyn, New York. Rabbinic Leadership Awards being presented to Rabbi Dr. David Eliach and Rabbi Yotav Eliach in memory of uh, Professor Yaffa Eliach. The Swish for Stay Road Education Achievement Award will be presented to Ashar, Hafter, Halb, Hank, Hillel, JEC, Magan David, MDS, North Shore, RPRY, SAR, Westchester Day School, YCQ, Derech HaTorah, Yeshiva Flopush, and Har Torah. Carol and Judah Reiner, dinner chair people. This is going to be a major event to benefit the 
Yeshiva of Stayrot. You are all invited, of course. Area code 718-650-6091 for information. 718-650-6091 for information. Or stayrot.org slash dinner. Stayrot, S-D-E-R-O-T dot org slash dinner. Stayrot.org slash dinner. For all the information, it's going to be a big event. And everybody's invited to participate. OU Community Fair is this coming Sunday. You can go to OU.org for information about the fair. You can also join us both on the spot, live and in person. And uh, you could join us um, uh, on the air as we broadcast from the OU Communities Fair this coming Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be an interesting day as we meet so many of the different communities from around the country. And you could hear the entire thing as it's happening by listening in uh, at NahumSiegel.com, watching our video on our homepage, and um, we anticipate a lot of fun as we meet about 10, I would say, of the communities, of the 50, 60 communities that are coming in to participate in the OU Jewish Communities Fair this coming Sunday. And by the way, the fair, which is at Metropolitan Pavilion in New York City, it's largest pre-registration ever. It's largest pre-registration ever. Yeshiva Flapush has a Yom Atzimot service and celebration this coming Monday night. They'll have a letter writing to Israeli soldiers at 745, then Tfilat Arvit Chagigit with Ari Benji Kramer and Dr. Faraj Samra. That's happening at the Joel Braverman High School at 1609 Avenue J in Brooklyn. Uh, this coming Monday night, get ready to celebrate Yom Ha'atzmaut. Um, or David Ha'or Beacon presents Culinary for a Cause number three this coming Wednesday night at the Young Israel of Avenue K. We'll speak with Fagi Zakheim about that coming up here at um, at JM in the AM. Speaker her later on this morning. Uh, what else do we have here for you? Too early to announce a, a Lagba Omer concert, right? <laughs> as much as many people would love to hear one and participate in one already. Um, the awareness event in Brooklyn, New York this coming Monday. We'll speak to Tzvi Gluck about that in the 8 o'clock hour this morning. There's an awareness event that's uh, quite vital and important, and we will discuss that with him coming up. Um, earlier this week, we spoke to Rabbi Wilds from MJE, uh, the Manhattan Jewish Experience. I remind you that he has an amazing trip to Israel uh, that is heading this August, August the 5th, uh, a Jewish experience like none others for people in their 20s and 30s. MJE, Manhattan Jewish Experience, brings it to you. You can go to jewishexperience.org slash Israel, jewishexperience.org slash Israel, and to get all the information for that. OHEL's OXC, the OHEL Extreme Challenge, is coming up at Camp Cayley on Sunday, May the 21st. Challenge yourself and support a great cause. Help meet the match of the OHEL Extreme Challenge by raising $250,000. That entire amount is going to be matched when the uh, participants reach that goal, which is pretty amazing. Go to oloxc.org, oloxc.org, or 
And I remind you that the OLOXC is an extreme challenge, to say the least. And uh, everybody out there has a unique opportunity to do something you've probably never done before, or most people at least haven't done before. Uh, Yom Atzmoot celebration is happening at Manhattan Day School on Tuesday. There'll be a uh, tefillah at 8.30 in the morning, and then performances featuring the 1st through 8th grade uh, at 9.30. Parents are invited. Go to MDS, everybody, Manhattan Day School, for that program with the children this coming Tuesday. Uh, what else can I tell you? While we're celebrating Israel and talking so much about Yom HaZikaron and Yom Atzimut, I can tell you that the New York Mets have announced their Celebrate Israel night. It'll be at 7 p.m. on Wednesday, May the 24th, against the San Diego Padres. You could purchase tickets, Mets.com slash Israel. Mets.com slash Israel for that. And enjoy the game and, of course, have a uh, have a wonderful experience coming out in support of Israel. The Bronx Israel Independence Day Festival is this coming Tuesday. That's happening at uh, 4.30 p.m. The Hebrew Institute of Riverdale, in conjunction with Bronx Borough President Ruben Diaz Jr., invite you to attend the Bronx Israel Independence Day Festival in celebration of Israel's 69th birthday. Uh, They'll have music, inflatable rides, gardening activities, plenty more. The uh, theme is Making the Desert Bloom, Israel's Agricultural Developments. Information, it's thebayit.org slash Israel. The Bayit, that's uh, Rabbi Weiss's shul on Henry Hudson Parkway in Riverdale, thebuyit.org slash Israel. Thebuyit.org slash Israel for more information. So a lot of events. I am proud to uh, to keep announcing as many events as possible for Yom HaZikaron and Yom Atzimut and call a vote to those communities and those people who are taking the time, spreading the word in the community, and commemorating the, day, the days. We will have Israel Memorial Day Monday morning here at JM in the AM. We will have uh, we will have Israel Independence Day, the Yom Ha'atzmaut celebration, coming up Monday here at uh, excuse me coming up Tuesday here at JM. The AM Mayor Weingarten will be my special uh, guest, and we'll have an opportunity to celebrate together and bring a lot of very important messages to you on the 69th birthday of the State of Israel. From the brand new Comes It's in the Rain, Volume Number Three. Mishamayim Uriyei Ki hoinu Lagvokeles Pagoyim Nechshavnu Kitsoyim Latevach Yuvol Laharoi Gulei Abed Ulemako 
America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSingle.com on the NachumSingle Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. That's more from Kumsitz in the Rain, volume number three. It's a good album, I must say. That's for sure. Golly, it's all in the background. Do our news from Israel coming up. Don't forget we have Israel Independence Day on Tuesday. Before that, Monday is Israel Memorial Day. Yom Karon, proper programming, 6 until 9 a.m. this coming Monday. And, of course, uh, proper programming for Yom Atzimut, Israel Independence Day. 
6 until 9 a.m. on Tuesday morning. Galitzal in the background. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday follows next. We say Boker Tov from Jamnia. הקטל בדרכים, גבר כבן 80 נפצע באורח הנוש לאחר שהתנגש עם רכבו בעץ בשדרות הנשיא בחיפה. אשתו שנסעה עמו במכונית נפצע בינוני. הם פונו לבית החולים רמב״ם. בעילת נפצע קשה ילד בן 6 בתאונה דרכים לאחר שנפגע מרכב. צוות מדה העביר אותו לבית החולים יוסף טל בעיר. כתבנו רמי שנים מוסר כי נהג הרכב הפוגע נחקר ונסיבות התאונה נבדקות. מוקדם יותר נפצע קשה רוכב אופנוע בשנות החמישים לחייו בתאונת דרכים בכביש הערבה סמוך להיות ואטה. הוא פונה במסוק לבית החולים סורוקה בבאר שבע. עימותים בין שוטרים לחברי כנסת ופעילי שמאל סמוך למאחז בבנימין. משם מדווחת כתבתנו כרמל דנגור. המשטרה מנעה כניסת אוטובוסים של חברי הכנסת ממרץ ופעילי השמאל לאזור מאחז הבלדים בבנימין. המפגינים המשיכו ברגל לכיוון המאחז ונרשמו עימותים עם השוטרים. בשבועיים האחרונים תועדו מספר מקרים של עידוי אבנים לעבר חיילים ופעילי שמאל באזור. נער בן 18 מהדרום שנעדר מביתו נמצא ללא רוח חיים בבור מים צמוך למודיעין. כתבתנו הדס שטייף. אמש התקבלה הודעה כי נער בן 18 נמצא בשנת שירות בחווה אקולוגית נעדר. לפנות בוקר התגלו בדיו ליד בור מים בפעתי מודיעין. כוחות הצלה ומשטרה שהגיעו למקום הזיקו צוללנים שמשו את גופתו מתוך הבור. החשדו שהנער החליק מהסולם בבור וככל הנראה נחבל בראשו וטבע למוות. עם זאת נבדקים עוד כיווני חקירה. הבחירות בצרפת, ראש מפלגתה של מרין לפן פרש בשל החשת שואה. כתבתנו יערה אגמי חורי. יושב ראש המפלגה, ז'אן פרנסואה ז'אלק, פרש חמישה ימים לאחר מינויו בעקבות חשיפת ראיון שערך בשנת 2000 ובוטען יש בעיה עם סיפור תאי הגזים כי מבחינה טכנית אי אפשר היה להשתמש בגז ציקלון B להשמדה המונית. החודש אמרה לפן כי צרפת אינה אחראית לגירוש ההמוני של יהודיה אל מחנות הריכוז בתקופת השואה. משבר החשמל בעזה, האו"ם מקצה חצי מיליון דולרים לרכישה של דלק לתחנות כוח ברצועה. כתבנו ג'קי חוגי. על ההקצאה הכספית הודיע עוד שהמשרד לסיוע הומניטרי של האו"ם בשטח הפלסטיני הכבוש, והיא תאפשר אספקה חלקית של חשמל לימים בודדים בלבד. מנהל עוד שהרוברט פייפר קרא לישראל ולרשות הפלסטינית לפעול מיד כדי לפתור את המשבר. משרד הבריאות בעזה מעריך כי הדלק להפעלת גנרטורים ברצועה צפוי לאזול בתוך שלושה ימים בשבעה מתוך שלושה עשר בתי החולים ברצועה. מזג האוויר מחר תורגש עלייה בטמפרטורות שתימשך בתחילת השבוע הבא, ביום ראשון, ערב יום הזיכרון, שרבי. אלה החדשות שעורך עמרי רחמימוב, ביצוע טכני, הילה מזרחי.
J.M. in the A.M. It is from um, 613. That one's from 613. Their brand new album entitled Seven Blessings. Sheva Brochus. Uh, before that, you heard, um, excuse me. Yeah, that was 613, right? Yeah. <laughs> I want to make sure I got it right. Uh, before that, you heard Lachado D from 613 from their original album and the Lachado D done by uh, the Maccabees. Uh, dominating our music format over the next couple of weeks is uh, the acapella format, acapella selection. So that's why you're hearing what you're hearing. 17 minutes after the hour, Malcolm Honeline weekly update coming up about 20 minutes from now. We'll find out what's happening in this crazy world of ours. Oh, there's a lot to ask him, that's for sure. Dr. Fagi Zakheim is with us live via telephone. Uh, or David Haor Beacon presents Culinary for a Cause number three. It is the third annual uh, Culinary for a Cause. There'll be an auction and evening with the stars of Kosher Food Media happening on Wednesday, May the 3rd. This is happening this coming Wednesday night, starting at 7 p.m. at the Young Israel of Avenue K in Brooklyn, New York. Dr. Fagi Zakheim, welcome back to JM in the AM. Hi, Nechem. It is so good to hear your voice. Well, thank it's, you very much. Oh, gosh. It's such a warm voice. It's so brilliant. It's, it's just great to hear you. I'm so excited about having this conversation with you. I missed you so much, Nachum. Well, I appreciate that. You should be in touch more often. What can I tell you? <laughs> I will be. I will be. I'm just so happy to be on. And I'm so happy to be talking about food, everybody's favorite conversation. Isn't it unbelievable how this is what dominates the Jewish community now? <laughs> it's really incredible. <laughs> we are getting so many phone calls about this culinary cause, you would think like that's all people think about is food, food, food. But it's going to be really exciting. They have these major major chefs that are going to be there cooking right there at the Young Israel of Avenue K. And the cause is just a really good cause because it's going for Yeshiva Ar Beacon, which is a, a yeshiva for kids that have behavioral and social needs. My, my grandson is in that yeshiva. You've described it to us in the past and uh... Uh, from what you've told us, the staff there and the administration and everybody who's involved just cares so much and does an amazing job. So call yeah. a vote to them. Yeah, so the, the two main people that are there that run, that run this school are Rabbi Plotkin and Mrs. Sarah Selengut, and they are just amazing people. My grandson, who is just adorable, you look at him and you don't know that he's special needs. So when he walks around, and most of the kids that are in this school are also, they, they look like regular kids, so people don't know. So when he walks around, he has a T-shirt when they go on trips that my daughter puts on that says, I am special needs, so that people will understand that if he does lash out or he does something behaviorally, behaviorally that's inappropriate, wow. they understand that she is not being abusive by holding him down or doing something that, that she needs to do for the therapy that she's taught to take care of a child who has behavioral needs. Very different than having any of the other illnesses because these children look very, very normal. They can aspire to be really great people. They end up mainstreaming them into normal society, into regular normal society, and they end up having jobs, they end up going to school, and they end up being regular people. He's the most adorable child. If you met him, you would never know that he had any issues, and that's what this school is all about. It's a very focused group of children. Um, some of them are on the spectrum, and most of them are just children that behaviorally are not ready to be in another school, and parents are ready to recognize that. They're not in denial, and they're saying, let me help my child and put him in a special school. Unbelievable. Dr. Fagi Zakheim is with us live via telephone. Uh, or David Haor Beacon presents Culinary 
for a cause number three, an auction and evening with the stars of Kosher Food Media. It happens this coming Wednesday night starting at 7 p.m. at the Young Israel of Avenue K at 2818 Avenue K in Brooklyn, New York. All right, tell us how it's going to work. I, I see you're actually, are you running concurrent programs for men and women that night? They, they, I guess they are. What we did last year was we had the women upstairs and the men downstairs. Because ah. Young Israel of Avenue K is very large. Right. So it's easy to do that. So the, uh, the, and I guess there's different food. Men like different food than women do. So the men were downstairs having a blast, a blast. You couldn't get them out of the building. And the women were upstairs having all of their lovely dainty dishes, you know, their crepes. And, I'm, I, you know, the problem is I'm not much of a foodie, so I'm not really aware of all the stuff that's out there that's supposed to be unbelievably delicious. But I, was, well, I, I found my salads. I was very, very happy. And I saw other people having these cakes that were like, oh, my God, people really eat that? I heard, I heard the cakes might even have been better than the salads. That's what I heard. <laughs> I'll tell you, those women looked a lot happier than I did with my little cucumbers and my tomatoes. <laughs> now, what about the lineup? Have you heard of the people that are being featured that night? I mean, are the, I, I know you're not as familiar with the, with, the, with the food as some of us are, but do you know the people? Have you heard the names before? So Aviva Freeman and Nessie Wolf, well, we are supposed to be really fabulous people. And Ari White and Mark Garfinkel are major cooks. These are people that are there, you know, that the world looks for their for their stuff to eat. It is pretty amazing. Aviva Freeman, you mentioned. Esty Wolby, you mentioned. Sylvia Fallis is going to be there that night, correct? Yes. And, yeah. and Ari White from Wandering Q is, is a legend at this point. I mean, he is, uh, there's no question that you, you have him on the right floor if you put him with the men, I can tell you that much. <laughs> and, and as you mentioned, Mark Garfinkel is going to be entertaining everybody uh, on the men's side that night, plus there'll be a guest mixologist who's going to be participating as well. Uh, I, I assume the guest mixologist is for people like me that like salads. Do you think that's what it is? Yeah. Mixologist, I, yeah, probably. I mean, it may be. I, I have a feeling it has more to do with some of the uh, wines and spirits, but I could be wrong. I'm not sure. Sure, uh, but, but oh, I think you're right. Yeah, no, no, you know, noticing how happy the guys were. You're right. There you go. Uh, <laughs> they were way too happy. There'll yeah. be live demonstrations, a sumptuous Fleischig buffet. There'll be a dessert table, and there's valet parking, making it really easy for everybody to show up and be there for culinary for a cause. It's this Wednesday night at the Unusual of Avenue K. Uh, the auction viewing begins at seven. The cooking demonstrations begin at eight o'clock, and they'll draw all the prizes starting at ten thirty. Uh, how do people get information about all this? So the phone number to call is 845-521-2579. Is that on the flyer? Uh, I have here. Give me a second. For some reason, this flyer this flyer didn't print that as uh, as neat. Oh, no, no, no. I have a, on, yeah, on the flyer, it has um, 718. There we go. Right? 951-3650. Yeah, that's the one. 951-3650. It's a 718 number. You can call that number. Get information and register for Culinary for a Cause for this coming Wednesday evening. It's 718-951-3650. That's 718-951-3650. People will notice uh, in their newspapers, announcements, etc., email addresses, um, and, of course, websites. They'll be able to uh, register and get information through those as well. Uh, Well, Also, they can go online, Nachum. You know, that might be the easiest for... uh Culinary for a cause. www.culinaryforacause.com. So I would think that that might be really easy. Yeah, these days, probably the easiest way. Culinaryforacause.com. Culinaryforacause.com. 
Com. That is the easiest way to get information about Wednesday night's events in Brooklyn, New York. By the way, people came last year from outside of Brooklyn, right? You were attracting people from all over the place. People were coming from all over the place. Also, Nachum, they have a special coupon. Yeah. If they if they use the coupon saying JMAM, yeah. which is you, yeah. thanks to you, yeah. they get 10% over whatever hundred if they spend over $100. All right, so their auction dollars go even further. Your auction dollars go even further, exactly. Right. Right. Oh, also, the school, this fabulous school, our beacon, they actually made two of their kids just got married. They had two weddings already, successful weddings. That's unbelievable. Yeah, these children go on to lead very normal lives. It's beautiful. The other part is that they don't turn anybody away. So if somebody can't afford to do it, they figure out ways to help them with the tuition. A lot of good people out there, huh? Yeah, they really are. Nachum, you're on top of the list. <laughs> Thank you. Culinaryforacause.com. Culinaryforacause.com. The event is Wednesday night, 7 p.m. This coming Wednesday at the Unusual of Avenue K. And the big news for all my listeners is that there is a coupon code, a promo code, that you could use to uh, enhance the dollar amount of your uh, auction dollars. And that's J-M-A-M. Simple as that. Go to culinaryforacause.com. Put in the promo code J-M-A-M as you check out, and you will be treated uh, to even more auction dollars. The phone number for information for Wednesday night's event is 718-951-3650, 718-951-3650. Dr. Fagy Zakheim, anything else we should add in this conversation? Yeah, I'll be there. Nachman, are you going to be there? Will Stacy be there? I uh, think I met you there you last year. You know, last year, uh, Stacy represented us, and I'm thinking maybe she should be there Wednesday night. I don't know if oh I can make gosh, it. I would love it. Yeah. I, I think everybody would love it. I would yeah. love it. So, Maybe she can become the guest mixologist to mix the drinks. I don't know. If she, I don't know if she's good at that. She's good at a lot of things. I'm not so sure about the mixology, <laughs> but I'll check. It with is a great social event. It's the the ambiance is fantastic. You walk in, you really don't want to walk out. It's a very comfortable place. It's, you could just sit around and just hang out for a while. It's absolutely lovely. the The atmosphere is so friendly and so warm that it's just a place to be. Well, when nice. I heard when I heard some of the ladies. Um, uh, you know, discussing this event, you know, uh, after Pesach, it was obvious that there's a buzz about it, that people want to be there and get involved and uh, not just support the cause, but frankly have a really good time that night. So, Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so there I'll you be go. there. And Dr. Fagy Zakheim will be there to greet everybody. <laughs> 718-951-3650. 718 Use promo code JMAM at checkout and you'll be able to enhance your auction dollars. Dr. Zakheim, an absolute pleasure. Hope it's a major success. I'm sure it will be. Nachum, thank you so much. Have a great job. It's in my best regards to Stacey and the whole family. It's so nice to talk to you. I appreciate that. Have a wonderful Shabbos as well. Dr. Fagy Zakheim with us here on a JM in the AM Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Keep it right here, 27 minutes after 7 o'clock. <laughs> feeling it's all my own I feel so hectic till I say Shabbat Shalom in any city I feel at home right from the start to the last beer cut of a zone I got that pride in my religion got my friends and family got that challah in the oven it's so hot mm, we keep these same traditions after so many centuries
a.m. in the a.m. Starting over, we're going to do that song a lot around Rosh Hashanah time, I would bet. <laughs> Certainly toward the end of the three weeks, while we're still in our acapella format then. Uh, that's from 613. Before that, they're uh, amazing. I think it's an amazing selection. It's called That Shabbos Feeling, uh, both off of the Blessings uh, CD here, brand new here at JM in the AM. Good morning, all. Day 17 in the counting of the Omer. Day number 17, and on this era of Shabbos, Parshas, Tazria, and Mitzorah. Candle lighting at 729. Yom Hazikaron, Israel Memorial Day is Monday. Israel Memorial Day is Monday. 58 degrees, partly cloudy, a high of 80. Good morning to everybody listening in from around the world. You can comment on our app, and we love it. We love watching uh, comments pour in through the app. Everybody out there who uh, <laughs> Matis in reaction to the uh, to the conversation with Dr. Zakheim, he says, oh, my God, get the drinks out. Um, listener mom says, great and fun event. Listener Devorah from Israel says that um, uh, on the theme of Yom HaZikaron, Israel Memorial Day, the Likidoshim project that we've been talking about has only 33 pages left. You could sign up to study one of those 33 pages of Talmud in the memory of those soldiers who have fallen on behalf of the state and land of Israel. Likidoshim.com, L-E-K-E. D-O-S-H-I-M.com, L-E-K-E-D-O-S-H-I-M.com. Simple as that, Likidoshim.com. So you can go to that uh, website, you can sign up and participate in a very, very special Yom HaZikaron. And if you you know any yeshiva boys, if you know of uh, gentlemen, young gentlemen out there who are studying Talmud on a regular basis, suggest that they participate in that beautiful project in memory of Israeli soldiers. It's really an amazing idea. Uh, Yom HaZikaron is a Sunday night and Monday. Yom HaTzmod, Israel Independence Day, is this coming uh, Monday night and Tuesday. As we mentioned, young is, uh, Yeshiva Flatbush, rather. Yeshiva Flatbush has their program Monday night, 7.45 p.m., letter writing to Israeli soldiers at 8 p.m., Tfilat Arvit Chagigit, Dari Benji Kramer and Dr. Faraj Samra. Uh, that's happening at the, uh, at the uh, Yeshiva Flatbush School at 1609 Avenue J, in Brooklyn, New York. Monday night, celebrate Israel's 69th birthday at the Mizrahi here at 249 East Broadway. They'll start at 8 p.m. with Tvilat Arvit Baruach Hagigit, followed by their guest speaker, and then Shachris with Halel the next morning, Tuesday morning, starting at 6 a.m. That's all the Mizrahi, 249 East Broadway here on the Lower East Side. The Bronx Israel Independence Day Festival, as we told you, is Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. That's under the auspices of... Um, of the Hebrew Institute of Riverdale and um, other sponsors. For information, thebuyit.org slash Israel. Thebuyit.org slash Israel. Um, experience Yom Hatzmaut with Lamdenu, a community celebration for women, takes place this coming Tuesday starting at 9 a.m. at Congregation Beth Aaron on Queen Anne Road in Teaneck, New Jersey. Tfilah Hagigit at 9 o'clock. Brunch, Shira, and live music plus Divrei Torah at 10.30 Israeli film and lunch at 12.45, Tehillim and Hatikva at 2.15. Lamdenu.org slash Israel. It's under the direction of Dean Rachel Friedman. Lamdenu.org slash Israel. That happens, of course, Tuesday beginning at 9 a.m. You just heard Dr. Fagi Zakheim, Culinary for a Cause. Uh, number three is happening this coming Wednesday night at the Young Israel of Avenue K. Culinaryforacause.com. Use the promo code JMAM to save culinaryforacause.com. Again, use the promo code JMAM 
to save. The Stay Road Dinner, as we told you, is coming up May 9th at Terrace on the Park in Flushing, New York. It starts at 6 p.m. Guest speakers for the Stay Road Dinner include the Honorable Ayelet Chaked, Israel's Justice Minister, the Honorable Ambassador Danny Dayan, Consul General of Israel in New York, and Honorable Alon Davidi, the Mayor of Stay Road. It's going to be a very special night with great honorees. Go to stayroad.org for information. Stayroad.org for information. Again, a very special night in um, at Terrace on the Park uh, to benefit an amazing yeshiva and an incredible community in the southwestern part of Israel. JM in the AM, Malcolm Holmline, the weekly update coming up, plus plenty more on this Friday morning broadcast. Keep it right here at JM in the AM. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 
Tampara, 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 Jam in the AM with Ari Goldwag, brand new from Acapella Soul, volume number four. 
released for this uh, Sphera season. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, candle lighting at uh, 729 in the New York area. A lot of synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Tazria, and Mitzorah. Day 17 in the counting of the Omer, 17. Monday is Yom HaZikaron. Tuesday is Yom HaAtzmur. Appropriate programming here that you are guaranteed uh, both uh, on Monday and Tuesday for those two very important days. And call a vote to those who are synagogues and organizations that are putting together events for both Sunday night Monday and for Monday night Tuesday uh, to commemorate the significant events that are happening in the state of Israel and hopefully will be felt uh, by Jews worldwide. I want to thank our friends at jewishworldreview.com who continue to enthusiastically support the Nahum Siegel Network with their amazing enthusiasm for what we do in front of their 100,000-plus uh, uh, readers on a regular basis. Big thank you to them. Also, a big thank you to OnlySimchas.com, who continue to utilize our content for their incredible news feed. OnlySimchas.com is way beyond just Simcha news. They have amazing news, good news, important news, and a lot of it comes from uh, some of the things that we do and some of the people we talk to here at JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. So check out OnlySimchas.com, and you'll be glad you did. Don't forget, we have an amazing schedule coming up. Naomi Nachman and Mark Zamek host Table for Two today in a program that was done earlier this week on the streets of Manhattan with Judd's Memphis uh, food cart. Elon Kornblum of Great Kosher Restaurants is one of the stars of that show as well, one of the guests, I should say. And um, that'll be coming at you starting at 9 o'clock before the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos music mix. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, Seagull, and then Sunday, J.M. Sunday with Matis. J.M. Sunday with Matis is live starting at 7 a.m. Eastern time right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us Friday mornings for the weekly update here at J.M. and the A.M. Mr. Honline, welcome back to J.M. and the A.M. Thank you. Good to be with you again. A couple of important days coming up, both Israel uh, Memorial Day on Monday and then Israel Independence Day on Tuesday. And, of course, we continue to focus on the big number, which is 5050 for Yom Yerushalayim, the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. Just reminding everybody, uh, Malcolm and I are among the thousands of people from the diaspora that will be in Israel and in Jerusalem for that big celebration. Who else might be there? We'll discuss it. Don't worry, folks. I know it's on everybody's mind. We'll discuss who might be in Jerusalem that week. <laughs> but for our purposes, if you want to make sure to be at the events that the World Mizrahi is participating in and really hosting, uh, you go to Mizrahi.org slash YY50, Mizrahi.org slash YY50. And Malcolm, we will get later on in this conversation to some of the high-profile guests that might be in Israel uh, that week. But let's start in France. Your reaction uh, to the uh, two people um, who um, ended up uh, winning the runoff positions uh, during the French election last Sunday. Well, it's a, a complicated uh, situation, obviously, because you had multiple candidates uh, who were eliminated, but it's, it's clearly a rejection of the established parties, and you have two uh, now with a very clear choice. One could say maybe pa- people won't draw parallels to the American election, though I think it's, it's uh, not exactly the same. Uh, the French system dictates that, that you end up in a second round of the top two vote-getters, and most of those who were eliminated, almost everybody, has endorsed Macron. Right. Um, and against uh, Le Pen, there are, in the Jewish communities, mixed but by and large, a rejection of, of Le Pen, though she does have, as I said, some Jewish supporters. The uh, issues, obviously, are more internal 
Um, she has expressed support for Israel. So as Macron, then he has some uh, good friends like uh, Valls, who are, are, are supporters of Israel. But uh, and and he's certainly in, anticipated to win, though. Uh, you know the experience in other places like Britain and U.S. that people are not just accepting the predictions as uh, as facts, yeah. but the the um, the numbers seem to be there. The question is how big a block she will have as a result of this in the parliament, and does this position her to be uh, a candidate in the future? Oh, you're saying even without victor, even without outright victory, what type of influence she might have because of the control she'll have in the parliament? Exactly. Wow, I didn't even think of that. I'm still, I'm still trying to, uh, you know, I'm still wondering whether, in fact, she could win this thing because, as you said, we've seen, including in our own country, you know, people, uh, people settling for the fact that there's no way in the world one candidate can win, and sure enough, they go ahead and do so. By the way, and, and just as a total aside, I read somewhere that he, meaning Macron, has some connection to Israeli high tech companies. Did you see any of that anywhere, or did I dream it? <laughs> That he actually has real connections to Israeli businesses, in, uh, in a positive uh, way, to business leaders in a positive way. I know that he has contacts with some Israelis. I don't know that he has any investments or a particular that I do not know. But uh, I know I, I did meet with the leaders of the French Jewish community this week, and they're obviously, um, you know, they talk very frankly and openly about the conditions in the country, right. about their concerns regarding anti-Semitism, the relationship with the government, which uh, has been responsive to their needs, but. You know, whereas in the past there was there was usually denial, and there still is on the part of other European leaders, uh, the French Jewish community is actually very upfront, and um, they obviously are are united against the uh, against Le Pen. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, the 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 realities there are so stark, and the concern about the return of ISIS fighters, which we've discussed, you know, many times now, yeah. they talk about. Uh, you know, because you have like 2,000 at least that they acknowledge, plus you have arrested population. And, and in France, where I think 240 people have been killed since uh, January of 2015, and you have had uh, a spate of, of uh, terrorist attacks, but now being carried out by homegrown terrorist people influenced, and they talked about the influence of the Internet and the appeal to Americans to, to help uh, because the companies are American-based in large part to play a bigger role in trying to control and getting the companies to control the messages of hate speech that go out over the Internet. We spoke earlier in the week on the air with uh, Rabbi Sabag from, you know, the chief rabbi of the Great Synagogue in Paris. Right. You, could, you, could hear the vo you could hear the fear in his voice, frankly, and he did describe how there's a, a, a unified effort, a very active effort uh, behind Macron from the... Uh, uh, from the Jewish community. Uh, and one of the things that, that one of the, uh, not him, but one of the analysts said uh, was, again, this whole uh, theory that, that she will win only if there's a major terror attack. Now, I remind you that a lot of people said here in the United States that Donald Trump will win only if there's a major terror attack, that people saw him as, you know, stronger when it comes to Homeland Security than Hillary. There, there was no, thank God, any major terror attack, and look what happened. So I think, again, people are, you know, falling into the same trap. You think that when you, know, you described learning a lesson from Great Britain, from the United States, I don't know if a lot of people have learned that lesson because she really could win this election outright on many other issues than just terrorism. There is a, a big uh, agenda, you know, the economic conditions, but 
the the refugee issue, the integration of the population uh, of the immigrant population, the demographic realities. I mean that that France faces and Europe faces just with their birth rate, uh, the birth rate of the Muslim immigrant population, the uh, uh, immigration of people, the uh, low birth rate amongst Europeans. These are factors that I think really are at the core of a lot of the. A sentiment that that one hears in in France no and in Britain and in uh, other countries in Germany. Uh, again, the British, I think, downplay it much more and try to portray a, a picture that's, I think, more rosy than real. But um, the the French are, are are I think today very realistic. They're, they are facing a reality that. Uh, that is of concern. They don't know, and they see their young people leaving, right. and that only increases the demographic imbalance. And the you know when those of childbearing age aren't there, Jews and non-Jews, by the way, right. then that that and and the today Muslim the Muslims outnumber them officially ten to one, but unofficially it could be twenty to one. Um, you, you know that the uh, uh, the feeling is that. Um uh, not even the feeling. The reality is that this election is right around the corner. It's like it's next weekend, right? The election is going to be taking place next weekend. In a week, right. And so, therefore, it might be silly for me to ask this. I may as well just wait a week to ask it, but I can't resist. You know, we've seen in many countries uh, members of the Jewish community and leadership in the Jewish community either threaten or suggest that it's time to leave if someone wins. And, of course, when they do win, at least in our experience in the last couple of decades, when they do win, there's not much movement. Do you think, in fact, if she's the outright victor, we might see a a tremendous movement of Jews out of out of France? I don't think that there'll be an instant move. I think people, in any event, should prepare that, given the the realities that the French Jewish community faces, uh, many of them have, in fact, bought homes in in Israel, some in Miami, some in other places. The the a tremendous number. And there is an outmigration of the of younger generation, but I think that some of the outside calls, and we saw it even during the election, uh, I think are a big mistake. And it's not for for the people to to create a panic, and it's not to to stampede people to leave. To say that if uh, this or that candidate gets elected, everybody should flee or should run away is is not a way. This has to be. I think it should be done in an orderly fashion for everybody anyway, and everybody should prepare to go to Jerusalem and live in Israel uh, or someplace in Israel. The uh, the concern is there. The people don't need to be riled up. They're concerned enough, and to to indicate that somehow uh, overnight, if if there is a change in the government. That things will they will change, but that it will become impossible to live there is not valid. Right. I mean, we think of some of the statements, and again, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to uh, assuage fears because uh, we we know Jewish history, so we we know how extreme this can get. Uh, but she speaks about ritual slaughter, for instance. Everyone, not specifically Jewish, but she was talking about ritual slaughter. Recently, mm-hmm. so the you know the, so people conjecture that you know she's in power the next day you know there's no such thing as shchita in France, not well it is being threatened in parts of Europe and we could see it eliminated as we see someplace in Scandinavia where they're doing, and uh, they've also threatened Brit Milan. Those are the first two things that we see when a society is manifesting anti-Semitism and they do it under the guise of humane slaughter or other things 
uh, there might be legitimate concerns about the, you know, how animals are treated, but but shechita is certainly proven to be humane, and that it becomes uh, a vehicle. And I'll say we're, we're doing this to limit the Muslims, but if it uh, hurts the Jews as well, and and that's not the way to go about uh, addressing the concerns in the society. So again, it's not. You're right. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to be you know just uh, the somebody turning off the light switch, right. but. There's reason to be concerned when, when we see some of the people who follow them, as we've seen here, extremists on the left and right who are continuing to manifest their views and being accepted in some places, increasingly accepted people who have views that are so abhorrent, like Linda Sarsour getting an uh, honorary doctor, uh, being a commencement speaker at a, at a CUNY school, a state uh, tax, rather, uh, sponsored school. Yeah. And, I mean... That's really, to me, an extremely disturbing thing. And then the public officials will not come out and say what they should say about it. Right. And, um, well, you know. Yeah, no, I, I was going to bring up CUNY later on also, but I, 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 it, what's shocking to me in that case is that the outcry is simply not there, as you said, from public officials. But you would think that, that the officials themselves who make the decision about who to invite would realize what type of uproar there would be from the Jewish world. But frankly, maybe it's not enough. Maybe it's just not enough of an uproar from the Jewish world. Well, it's not. It's not just the uproar from the Jewish world. The, the process of, of decision making it could be two or three people, a small committee that makes right. a decision, and you know to justify to try and and justify. Uh, uh, for instance, the uh, Mar, um, Omar Bagudi got a uh, what they call the Gandhi Prize at Yale. Right. It turns out that this is an outside group. Student group not affiliated with Yale, and the president of Yale knows came down and and disassociated publicly Yale from it. But people condemned and thought that Yale University was actually giving the prize. That is not the case. In this case, in this school of it's a it's a, a school of the CUNY system uh, did make a decision and 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 insists on standing by it. One could say that they didn't know public officials who told me that uh, yesterday elected officials that they they didn't know so i said now that you know though what are you going to do what are you going to say it's not enough to say well i didn't know at the time you know it was just because of you know uh, sarsour's role in organizing a march or in something else that that was done but once you know would you tolerate it if if those kind of views had been expressed against any other ethnic or, or religious group Answer is no. I want to know if, if uh, I don't know, Steve Bannon was elected, how many of those same people was, was selected to speak at a graduation, what would they would have done, what kind of uproar they would have had. And I think her views uh, uh, have uh, certainly are more extreme in, in many respects. By the way, I'm, uh, I'm coining the phrase in reference to the French election as a cautious pessimism. What do you think of that? Is that a French term? You've heard of cautious optimism. I'm coining yes, this heard one. Both, but <laughs> I am coining this one. Cautious pessimism. It is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web and NachumSegal.com on the NachumSegal Network and of course on our beloved NSN app. Reminder: the OU Community Fair is this weekend, Sunday noon until six Eastern time in New York at the Metropolitan Pavilion. We'll broadcast from there starting at one p.m. Eastern Time. Make sure you're listening and watching on the Nahum Siegel Network. Um, all right, uh, this is this seems to be the story of the week, at least in terms of what people want me to ask you about. So I'll ask you now, and that is about the President of the United States 
And in fact, would he be in Israel during the same week that will be there? Because you know, many, many people, thank God, from the diaspora are going to converge on the state of Israel in the city of Jerusalem the week of May 22nd as we get ready for May 24th, the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. Do you think, based on reports and your inside information, that the president will be there then? It looks likely that he will come uh, on the 22nd of one night uh, visit. He has never been in Israel, so this will be his first uh, visit. I don't think he'll have a chance to do much touring, but, uh, <laughs> but and, and uh, you know, this city will be pretty crowded anyway. Yeah. So, um, but I think the coincidence is, is remarkable. Maybe he'll make an important announcement when he's there. Uh, he's going also to Saudi Arabia. He's going to uh, other countries, and um, the discussions are underway about his visit to Israel. I think symbolically, it's obviously an important statement when a president visits uh, visits Israel, and um, uh, could occasion you know for him to have a better understanding, a better feel for what Israel faces. There's nothing, as you know, for then and why it's so important when senators, congressmen, others go there, right. because once they get a sense of the geography. I mean, he has golf courses that I think are almost as big as, as uh, most of the cities in Israel. <laughs> and and he, um, uh, he, you know, to get a sense of, of the reality of what Israel's facing and, and the, the people, I think he will get a very warm reception. I'm sure there'll be others, some who protest, but it's democracy and, and people do what they want. But I think he will overall get a a very a positive response. All right, but you got to go back to the first your first reaction to this. Tell me about the quote-unquote coincidence. I mean, I'm sure somebody in his office knows what kind of week that is in Jerusalem and what type of celebrations are going to be taking place. It is something that he would show up, Dafka specifically, that week in Jerusalem. Well, I mean, the trip was scheduled, and, and then they determined where he was going to go. This was the time when he could go. So I don't think it started off as saying, hey, you know, it's Yom Yerushalayim, let's go to Israel. It could be, though, that they said, look, if we're going to make an announcement about an embassy, this would be a good week to do it, which is a good week to do it. And um, and we'll, we'll have to see whether what happens. There are people associated with the Republican Party who are in Israel, You know, meaning Americans who've moved to Israel who are, quote-unquote, leaders of the Repub- Republican Party or faction there, who insist that it's Israel who does not want the embassy moved. No, it's not true that they don't want the embassy moved. They understand the ramifications and the reality. You can't just pick up an embassy and move it. It's a huge undertaking when you have hundreds and hundreds of people. I think the government of Israel wants to see it recognized. They want to see it uh, done right. They don't want to have you know, bloodshed and everything else that accompanies it. It's the real question as I've said all along, is doing it smart. And and there are ways to do it, to, to establish the principle. You know, people got so excited when the Russians announced that Western Jerusalem was being, that they recognized Western Jerusalem uh, as uh, Israel's capital. It was not a good thing for us, because what they did essentially is to give the rest of the city, all of the rest, to the Palestinians, to a future Palestinian state, right. and that's not acceptable. And and the uh, you know you so whatever you do, even trying to do something good, you have to do it right, and you have to do it smart and think about how you assure that nothing is done now that compromises Israel's ability to keep Jerusalem united, to have sovereignty, and to not see the holy places and other things internationalized or nationalized by somebody else or. Um, you know, giving away a, a significant position regarding Jerusalem. So 
Uh, all I say is that people, you have to be cautious and smart about how you do it. I would have liked to have seen them not talk about it before, but do what we heard rumors that they wanted to do on the first night. And you could have just, you have buildings already in Jerusalem, uh, two consular buildings, very significant ones, where it could have had a plaque and it could say office of the ambassador. Right. And you could work out of there for a couple of days. Take, let them take a suite at the King David and do it or wherever. And this, this ambassador actually has a home in Jerusalem. And uh, I think is very committed to seeing Jerusalem recognized. There are reports in Israel that the President of the United States is going to use the opportunity of that week to surprise Israel and ask its leaders to publicly agree to a two-state compromise. What do you think of that? Well, the the Prime Minister of Israel has spoken in favor of a two-state solution uh, or arrangement. doesn't define what the other state will be, Uh, you know, what its uh, full um, powers will be, demilitarized, what its geographic location, what rights it would have. But he has said it on multiple occasions, beginning at his Bar Ilan speech. So have four other prime ministers. Uh, last four or five prime ministers have done the same. So I don't think that's that's going to be surprised. I think he may want to announce that they're going to hold a summit meeting. He's meeting with Abbas next uh, next week, uh, May third. Yeah, May third. Yeah. Uh, and he will be here for a couple of days before Mr. Abbas. Um, uh, and I'm hopeful that he will, I'm sure that one issue that he will raise is about the money going to terrorists and the pensions, uh, the, the most outrageous, again, we see with the murder of this young British student yeah. on the train, and, and already they announced an 800-pound-a-month pension, et cetera, and uh, British Friends of Labor and other uh, groups in in, uh, in Britain have already uh, protested about this uh, this action. And, and we have to remember that Abbas is challenged internally. He, he's in the 12th year of a four-year term. He's 82. He doesn't want to really negotiate. There's no sign that he's really serious about it. He has put forward and he's put down markers where he's saying that as a precondition, he wants a commitment to a state in the pre-67 lines. He wants the release of more prisoners. He wants um, he wants the, to, to uh, have a, a specific timetable for uh, the negotiations, uh, and, and I mean, he is he is putting down the markers, and the uh, fact is that what they will demand of him is not only stopping the the payments, and I think uh, recognition of uh, Israel's a Jewish state, and um, joining this kind of approach. They're talking more of a regional approach, having had you know other Arab leaders uh, um, come in, and I think that you may see Abbas give something, come with some uh, scheme about the payment to Palestinians. Last time they put it under the PLO as if there was some separation, you know, the money doesn't matter what pocket it comes out of as long as you keep paying for those who kill Jews and kill Israelis and, and even Arabs were killed by these guys. Um, and the, the, uh, and the, there are a lot of sweeteners and things in terms of economic development, et cetera, that, that are very important. Um, and he can he's able to maneuver he's he's uh, he's a wily guy he's proven that in the past and he'll make statements that can be, be interpreted various ways but the goal always is to shift the onus onto Israel so that uh, while he's the one who has rejected over the years the Barack plan and Olmert and all of the other things 
Today, the difference is you have many Arab states that are involved. They offer political and financial inducements. They can bring pressure also because he's dependent uh, on them. He has the problem of Hamas. He still, you know, he represents only part of the Palestinian people. And the biggest opposition he has is internally. And the the there was a big rally by people wanting to establish an Islamic caliphate in in Ramallah. The government actually gave him, the PA gave him permission to do it, but it drew thousands of people. That, and it was against the, it was actually against him. And and we see in the camps the fight between the security forces and uh, and people. And two thirds of of the Palestinians in in the interviews say and and polls say they believe he should step down. He doesn't visit the UN during this visit, does he? It, right now, he's not uh, scheduled to be in New York, right. but. Um, and if he comes, I'm sure that he will visit the UN. And speaking of that, we saw tremendous statements by the new Secretary General. That's I, I, br- I bring that up specifically to see if the brand new uh, Secretary General, who again you point out has made some amazing statements vis-a-vis Israel, would address this issue of compensation for terrorist families. He has. He has talked. I've talked to him about it. Uh, he, he is a former Prime Minister of uh, Portugal. He was one of many candidates, as you know, and right. he, 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 when he was the head of the parliament, uh, rescinded the Inquisition laws that had remained for 500 years right. on the books. He has a great sensitivity. He spoke about the, the fact that those who deny Israel's rights exist as a modern form of anti-Semitism, no less, and, and spoke very clearly about this uh, and about the, on Yom HaShoah, talked about the lessons and the and he does it with sincerity, and he speaks without notes, so it's not something that somebody prepared for him. He has spoken on this on several occasions. And on that subject, when you know, we are always critical of the International uh, Red Cross for a lot of the statements that they make, well, the uh, Jacques de Mayo, a name that we've talked about, who heads the International Committee of the Red Cross, the ICRC delegation to Israel, he, he made a very important statement in which he said that there's no... Uh, that we respond to anybody who makes the argument that Israel's an apartheid state. There is no apartheid here. It's not a regime that is based on superiority of one race. There's no disenfranchisement of basic human rights coming from the ICRC. And uh, and that he said that we clarified that the issue of shooting assailants who carry out terror attacks and said we reached the unequivocal conclusion there's no IDF order to shoot suspects to kill, uh, as some political officials uh, tried to convince them, and uh, uh, really exonerated Israel from many of the of the charges that have been leveled against them. So I think out of fairness, because we have been critical of them in the past for what they didn't say, right. kind of give them credit for what they did this time. And also out of fairness, in light of what we spoke about last week, uh, the President of the United States did very well on Yom HaShoah this week. He gave an excellent statement, and those who, who demean it or diminished it I mean, I just think it's really a mistake. It's unfair. Uh, and having, you know, the president make that kind of declaration that the whole world sees is really important. No question about it. All right, we've got to move on to Iran, Syria, what's happening in the north. I mean, there's some people who are actually stating that Israel's essentially at war with Syria at this point, with the Iranian presence and all the weapons shipments that are going on that Israel has to be concerned about. What is the update on the border? Well, the... the uh, 
you know, Hezbollah continues to to play a critical role. Uh, ISIS has been more and more isolated, and as and for that, we have another crisis developing, and that is the the exodus of these people to go back to countries, including Europe and, and elsewhere. But the uh, and Israel is very focused on preventing, and especially in any kind of ceasefire arrangement, uh, Iran and Hezbollah and others from getting too close to the to the border. They're and they have fired back across the border because they have to keep it very clear they will not tolerate any violations of this because this poses obviously a direct uh, threat. The um, you know the fighting continues, but we've seen Iran and Russia consolidating their position. Iran allied with Hezbollah and with the the militias, the Shiite militias, who have perhaps ten or fifteen thousand. Uh, fighters, 10,000 on part of an additional 10,000 for Hezbollah, which has suffered at least 1,000 dead, but probably uh, double that number. And that's only based on the published reports. So the actual number, uh, I would assume, is uh, considerably larger. The, so there, there's been nothing uh, positive in in what we see in, in Syria that the um, you, the the fact that they have the chemical weapons, I think, is is now demonstrated. Israel's warnings about it have been vindicated. That they they some say they have several hundred tons uh, of chemical weapons. They have uh, some warheads. Uh, Israel uh, fired missiles again to prevent the shipment, uh, supposedly, of um, of rockets and other advanced equipment to to Hezbollah. And something they said they will continue. To oppose and to and to stop by whatever means necessary. Are you annoyed, like some are, that the United States is still not making strong enough statements about Iran's um, um, a non-compliance with the Iran deal? Well, we've seen some statements this week by Tillerson, the Secretary of State, and uh, I think the President, that were um, more directed. And certainly, Nikki Haley at the ambassador at the UN has been very tough in her. Uh, statements about about Iran's aggression, Iran's violation of human rights, Iran on on many counts in the missile program, which is a violation. And it's and uh, President Trump said um, that they're not living up to the spirit of the deal. I would say they're not living up to the letter of the deal either. Um, and uh, he, he said it was a terrible agreement again that should have been negotiated. The question is now, what do you do? Do you do you undermine it? And one of the ways to address it is to increase the sanctions. They have put sanctions on people involved in the chemical warfare, let's say, in Syria. Right. Uh, there has to be uh, additional sanctions brought to bear against Iran and people who are involved. I think the Boeing deal, uh, selling planes to Asaman Airlines, which is headed by a former head of the Iran Revolutionary Guard Navy, who has threatened the United States, threatened Israel in, in previous uh, in his previous position, and the idea that this is somehow a civilian airline, when we know that they use the uh, the planes for transporting goods and people to Syria and elsewhere, there's no reason why we should be uh, allowing this Boeing sale to to continue. We should at least they should put freeze it for now. The uh, internal situation there in, in Iran is worsening, and the, you see the more and more aggressive statements. Khamenei threatened Israel and the United States this week himself. They had their defense minister was in Moscow, gave a, a ridiculous statement, but you see the aggressiveness. We see them uh, threatening more and more Bahrain and other countries and being more aggressive in their outreach. I mean, in every way, the spirit, and I would say the letter, 
even though they have lived up to, I guess, the technical requirements, but they publicly pronounce how they are moving ahead in the development of centrifuges, all the key components, so that yeah, when I, I, you know. the time, you know, when the day deadline is up, they'll be able to move quickly to the enrichment. I part. think that's what enhances the frustration for for people who are looking for you know specific callouts from Washington about violations of the uh, of the Iran deal. Well, I want to see callouts. I want to see our our navy respond. They they again harassed a, a U.S. naval destroyer in the Persian Gulf. The Mahan, and uh, they came within a thousand yards, which may sound like a lot, but it's actually very little when you're having these high speed boats. And uh, the U.S., um, they manned the guns and they fired some uh, warning shots and some um, flares. They fired flares, uh, and the, the other ship then quickly turned course and, and left. But uh, they admit that 35 times in, in last year they, they engaged in these kind of interactions. and. Uh, that's more than double the year before, uh, and and they, so Iran is engaging in all these provocations. So rather than seeing statements, I want to see more sanctions. I want the question is, will they waive the um, pass that the uh, JCPOA gave them on, on some of the existing sanctions? Iran says if you do that, you're violating the agreement, and therefore we can violate or will violate the agreement. Uh, I'm pretty certain they are violating anyway. And uh, uh, so there is a cautious, there's a review going on, I think, a 90-day review about what U.S. policy will be. And finally, for the first time in history, the 12 torch lighters at the official government Yomatz Mot ceremony in Israel will not all be Israeli. Two will be Americans, Rabbi Marvin Heyer and Mr. Michael Steinhardt. Your reaction? Uh, it was good choices, and uh, I think that the, uh, you know, the inclusion of Jews from outside is... Uh, it's a, it's a nice gesture. Yes, uh, I'm not sure this is the first time that anybody from outside of, of Israel has been included. It, it may be. Um, Our sources uh, tell the, us it is. But there will be, pardon me? Our sources tell us it is. It might be. That's the first time that they actually designated somebody as a representative uh, from outside. Uh, the um, And next year will be the even more significant, oh, yeah. the 70th anniversary. That's we'll right. see what happens. The you know the the um, and, and the fact that that diaspora jury is participating in, and there have so many events in Jerusalem this year uh, for the 50th anniversary I think is also a very important statement in the inclusion uh, of them and the uh, in in the official programs and the non-official programs uh, will be also in a very important statement. Uh, and we have to make a statement that events here and events there should be well attended to the message to the world when we see those activities. We know UNESCO is again gearing up to challenge the Jewish uh, rights in, in Jerusalem, and they changed right. the names, as you remember. And that includes, and by the way, that includes this coming Sunday night and Monday and Monday night and Tuesday uh, for Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaTzmut. We should all uh, make it our business to uh, support and help. Even the, the very fact that we have to remind people, encourage it, and when everybody should be jumping at the opportunity to show God to thank him for this miracle in that time, to thank him for the fact that we have a place that can defend Jews and where Jews can go. And, uh, you know, coming out of Yom HaShoah, a reminder when we saw all the new information that came out about how early the Allies knew and had there been they could have just opened Palestine up at the time. You could have saved hundreds of thousands, not millions, of Jewish lives. That uh, 
people have to wake up and not take it for granted. No question about it. You endanger it. Thank you very much, Mr. Honline. Have a wonderful Shabbos. We'll speak next week. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. It's the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Reminder, JM Sunday with Matis starts at 7 o'clock Eastern time on Sunday. We'll be broadcasting on Sunday beginning at 1 p.m. from the OU Jewish Communities Fair. The OU has invited communities from around the country and Nefesh Benefesh from Israel uh, to talk about their communities and uh, present and display uh, what's great about their very own community uh, at the Metropolitan Pavilion in Manhattan on West 18th Street this coming Sunday beginning at 12 noon. We'll be there broadcasting between 1 and 3 p.m. Also, Naomi Nachman with a special food truck edition of Table for Two coming up at 9 o'clock this morning right after JM and the AM on the Nachum Siegel Network and, of course, the video on the home homepage, NachumSiegel.com. And um, uh, all day long, it's the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos music mix, including Mark Zamek's Friday Live Lunch, starting at 1 p.m. But all day long, all the way until candle lighting, the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos music mix, it is simply remarkable. This time each and every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshios, Sazria, and Mitzora. According to the Chinuch, the Parsha of Sazria contains seven mitzvos, five plus two, five positive and two restrictions, and the Parsha of Mitzora contains eleven positive mitzvos. Now, there's no question about it, but that these two parshios are probably uh, two of the most difficult parshios of the Torah. They are so because, number one, we are not familiar with the vocabulary, and more important, we are not familiar with the disease that the Torah is calling tzara'as, which we, for a lack of a better term, uh, call leprosy. It is not your uh, typical textbook leprosy, because whereas, yes, the individual who was diagnosed not by the doctor, but by the Kohen, the one who was careful with his speech, the Kohen, when he declares somebody to be Tomei, so it's only then that the person is Tomei. And interestingly, there are certain times when the Kohen just doesn't look to see if the individual indeed has this saras, if we're concerned about the uh, welfare and the health and safety of others, and if this were truly a contagious disease, then a chasan journey's week of Sheva Brachos, that would not be a sufficient enough reason for the Kohen not to, quote, examine the chasan because we don't want to disturb his week of celebration. And certainly, when 
thousands and hundreds of thousands of persons are gathering for Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkos, the three pilgrim festivals, and someone looks at somebody else and says, you know, my friend, I really think you might have Tzoraas. I think you should get to the Kohen. So Mr. Kohen says, I'm not looking. I'm on vacation. It's my holiday. Wait a minute. This can't be the usual form of contagious disease. And as the Rambam writes, in very clearly his uh, Perish to the Mishnayis of Mishnagoyim, chapter 12, as well as the Rambam in the end of Tumas Tzora'as, chapter 16, Pasuk uh, Yud, excuse me, Halachli Yud, um, the Rambam writes very clearly that the fact that there is Tzora'as on the house on the clothing, on inanimate objects, this is something which is nothing less than beyond the natural. And let us get this in now, even though I hope we will come back to it. This only happened in Eretz Yisrael. I'd like to begin, however, to learn a very important concept which emerges from the parsha of uh, Mitzorah, and that is based upon the Mishnah in the second Perik of Nega'im, Perik 2, Mishnah 5, and the Mishnah reads, Kol HaNega'im Adam Ro'er Chutz Atzmo. Literally, it means that all types of, quote, diseases, a Kohen, can examine except for his own, meaning he can tell and determine in terms of, quote, the next one, whether the next one is Tomei, is Tahor, but he cannot render these decisions on his own because we are concerned that the individual will look with tainted glasses, whether he'll be more lenient for himself or more strict for himself, that is secondary. He can't look at his own. This, I believe, we can all understand and appreciate. However, be it both the Baal Shem Tov from one side of the aisle, as well as the uh, Litvisha Rabbeim as well, understood this teaching of the Mishnah in a little bit of a different way, and that is as follows. Instead of putting the comma where I originally had it, that all plagues a person can look at, comma, chutz minige atzmo, except for those of his own, let's put the comma after the word chutz. And we're going to translate the Mishnah to now mean all diseases that a person sees chutz in others, kama, minigayatsmo. They're really coming from his own. Namely, you see the shortcomings of others that indeed you really have yourself. In other words, It is your mum, it is your deficiency that you are projecting onto the next one. And I have to tell you, very interestingly, but in the realm of psychology, this 
has a name for it. It is called psychological projection. Another one of those we had at first. Psychological projection, my friends, is a theory in psychology in which humans defend themselves against their own unconscious impulses or qualities, both positive and negative, by denying their existence in themselves while attributing them to others. In other words, rather than admit a person's own deficiency, he sees this deficiency in others. Or, to say it differently, when you point a finger at the next one and you are noting their shortcomings, Indeed, you are pointing, three fingers are being pointed back to you. So the first thing that we are being taught is be careful. Be careful before you are quick to point that finger to others. And if you are, then you should take a much careful, stronger look at yourself to see if indeed you don't have these deficiencies. And perhaps, maybe, maybe, God is showing these deficiencies in others for you to pick up on it. But once you pick on it in others, start, try to look at yourself. This is the first point. And indeed, regarding this first point, I think you should be aware of that This is such a significant character flaw in so many people refusing to look at their own deficiencies that you should know that the Vilna Gaon actually hired the Dubna Magid to be his, quote, Mochiach, the one who would be reproving him. Namely, he'd be pointing out, quote-unquote, his deficiencies because we grow when we realize that we do have deficiencies and we try to overcome them. And therefore, all too often, when the teacher but praises, of course, there is to be that very important balance. But ultimately, we grow from hearing our shortcomings and hopefully trying to overcome them. That is the first point. Now let's take this now to the next level, and the next level is on a communal level. And on the communal level, I believe we need to remind ourselves of a very sad reality. And that sad reality is that we are in Golos. We are still in, quote, exile. We're in exile when we're outside of Eretz Yisrael, and we're in exile, even in Eretz Yisrael, until we have that third base, Amigdash. And it's important that we don't allow ourselves to be, forgive me, fooled by the insulation which takes place within many of the observant Jewish communities. And of course, we have a lot to be proud of. We have a lot to be proud that we don't just have mikvahos, but our mikvahos are those which are tastefully decorated and our women are 
very uh, much pleased in going to a mikvah which is uh, appealing to them, and not just halachically satisfying, but one which is attractive as well. Yes, we pride ourselves that we have a mikvah, we have an Erev, and we have yeshivos, and we have a Ruven, we have, and we have, and we have. But we have to remind ourselves of the Negoim that are there as well. The Negoim within our community, that unfortunately there is a spiritual holocaust going on outside of these havens of insular Jewish observance, whereby the rate of intermarriage is so high and so strong that it is really, really nothing less than horrific, and we have to remind ourselves that we have an obligation towards any and every which way saving Jewish lives and saving Jewish souls. And we know from the Talmud Sanhedrin that when, unfortunately, one person was executed. Now, a person being executed by the court obviously was not of the finest nature. And still, God says, Kalani Meroshi, as if to say, oh my goodness, he has a headache. Whatever that means, it means that he suffers when man suffers. So one could only imagine, and this we have to understand, Shechinta Bigolusa, God's Shechina, God's presence is in exile outside of the land of Israel and even in the land of Israel. But the important thing is that we have to focus on the land of Israel and remind ourselves that this is a makom of Kedusha. The very fact that the plagues that the Torah speaks of, about the garment, about the homes, that these negaim only took place in the land of Israel, shows, A, that we are still missing this very special Hashkacha Pratis, divine providence, which was really represented by these Nagaim. A person, quote, stepped out of line, and God was there immediately to let him or her know, hey, we've got to step back into line. This Hashkacha Pratis took place only in the land of Israel. And while we are privileged to have the state of Israel today, we have to yearn, we have to pine, we have to pray, and every single day, three times in our Shemona Esrei, when we pray, return to Jerusalem, when we pray literally for Moshiach, we have to pray and realize that we are not yet there, and that what too often appears to too many of us as an own egg, that we are really, quote-unquote, at that point of celebration, the parshios remind us that there still is a lot of nega out there which we must address and we must aspire to correct. And therefore, while we might not be familiar with all 
the very technical terms and application of tzara'as within the parsha, the concepts of looking for the deficiencies within ourselves, and not just in the next one, and realizing that we're not yet there, is that very strong reminder of Parshios, Sazria, and Mitzorah. Shabbat Shalom to all. J.M. in the A.M. My thanks to Rabbi Yudin and his uh, discussion about the uh, Parshios, Tazria, and the Mitzorah. Friday morning broadcast here at J.M. in the A.M. as we continue with an important event, a very important event that's going to be happening in Brooklyn, New York this coming Monday. Um, the Brooklyn community, together with Harav Elia Brudney, Dr. Akiva Perlman, and Dr. Norman Blumenthal, are getting together on Monday night starting at 7.30 at a Terrace Chinka on Elmwood Avenue in Brooklyn, New York, to speak about drug abuse and overdose. It's a drug abuse and overdose awareness event, removing the stigma of addiction. Why? Because drugs kill, and it's an opportunity to learn to prevent and detect substance abuse in our community. It's an awareness event and a very important one. With us live via telephone are both Svi Gluck and Chesky Stern, who are both very familiar with what's happening out there in our community, in our community in Brooklyn, in our community in New York and New Jersey, and in our community nationwide. Svi Gluck, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, good morning. Chesky Stern, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you. Uh, Tzvi, you're the founder of Amudim. Uh, your organization, unfortunately, continues to grow, and you know, you know what I mean by that? And, and your budget continues to grow as you do more and more work, you and your staff and your volunteers, uh, to help families out there. Uh, tell me about the, um, uh, the notion of having this event. How did this whole awareness event for this coming Monday night come about? Um, so, first of all, sadly, I think we're at the point in life where all of us know somebody, family, friend, or neighbor, that is either affected by directly or indirectly by addiction in one sort or another. Right. <clears throat> While I was away on vacation with my family, the uh, tzaddik who's on the phone with us, Chesky Stern, had reached out to me one night, uh, and he'll tell you a little bit more about him, basically in complete shambles about the fact that he was reaching out to community leaders, Rabbanim, Askanim, trying to talk about this issue, and they all looked at him like he was falling off the moon. And he said, we need to do something. So we did a little pilot project, and Chesky arranged three weeks in a row meetings with small groups of Rabbanim in Flatbush, in which myself, uh, Rabbi Yaman Babat from Relief, Rabbi Yisrael Grossberg from Benot Chai Academy, <clears throat> and some others came to present about what we see on a regular daily basis. And these Rabbanim were blown away. And at that point, uh, under the guidance of Revelia Brudney, we decided it's time, to, uh, it's time to do something bigger and just let people know there is help available. You know, we can't allow the shame and stigma of loved ones being addicts to not let us get them the help that they need. And uh, Chesky really pushed us hard. And uh, with the help of, you know, Relief Resources, OHEL has partnered with us on this. Um, our place, uh, Safe Foundation, which does a lot of work with addiction in the Brooklyn community and the Flappers Jewish Community Council, uh, we're making this a reality, and it's a sad reality that's needed, long overdue, and we hope that we can even save one life by having this important awareness program. J.M. in the A.M. with uh, Tzvi Gluck and Chesky Stern. Chesky, the event is Monday night, and I guess you view it as really a first step, right? I mean, this is a, this is a problem and a very important challenge 
for our community and and the uh, and addressing it has to start somewhere, right? First, you have to understand that <clears throat> that people have a misconception how drugs come about, and Sveil is extremely brilliant in his explanation how things come about. They cannot be explained in just five minutes. But you have to realize that Bonham in general are good people, and they reflect the goodness of our community, that we are good people, and that we want to get better and get help. But a lot of Bonham need to be educated to understand the severity of the problem. I'll give you a short story. I volunteer in the Hevra in, uh, in Flatbush. The hospital calls me when there's disconnections, and our group, we try quietly to do a lot of, um, to help families in time of distress. And unfortunately, we've seen these issues increase more and more. When we ran this pilot project to educate Rabana, I reached out to a certain Rav in Flatbush and invited him to participate in the education to get his feedback. Number one is to educate Rabana, because I believe Rabana do want to help. They don't have to know all the answers, but they have to know to be sympathetic and where to channel the chaylem who need to get help, right. whether if it's for drugs or if it's for abuse, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Rav does not have to answer all the questions, but they have to be a, way, a place where to guide them to. And there's many organizations. He is very um, instrumental of how to channel people. So anyway... This one Rob that I asked to invite, he said, emphatically, we have no problems in our community, and if we have, I know what to call, I'm fine, I don't need to waste my time, everything is wonderful. Okay. 36 hours later, the hospital called me in the middle of the night, and it wasn't even my night, that's the funny thing, they very seldom make a mistake on the roster. They called me down there, I went down, and there was another person who was in his 50s, and the brother and sister told me that uh, her brother was in depression, hasn't worked in 10 years, and uh, he was on issues. And of course, when I got to the legs, I saw the issue she was talking about. I saw over 100 needle marks. Ish. But the Rav has no problems. He has no issues. Not that he's bad. Rabbonim are good. They need to be aware that there is a problem, and they have to realize that the oil wants them to help. And the people need to be educated for this Monday. It's not geared just for a bond. It's for every single person in the community. We are a good people, and we want to do good, and not just individuals want to do good. Everybody cares about their family. Everybody loves their family. And we need to impress upon one another that somebody who is on drugs or, in the, or somebody is in depression, they're not bad. They're sick. It's not different than anybody who has cancer. Understood. need family support. Understood. The awareness event is a drug abuse and overdose awareness event. Removing the stigma of addiction. It happens this coming Monday night, starting at 7.30 at Atera Schinka on Elmwood Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. Harav Elia Brudney is going to address the crowd. Dr. Akiva Perlman on treating the addict and the family. Dr. Norman Blumenthal on addiction, identifying and diminishing risk factors. It's all happening Monday night at Ateris Schenka. Uh, Tzvi Gluck, what is the uh, initial reaction to this? Is there already an indication that there'll be a crowd there on Monday night? Uh, you know, it's very hard to tell. We've gotten over 150 emails from people asking questions about it. Yeah. You know, is it for men and women, <clears throat> for kids, for adults? So we're certainly seeing there is a communal buzz. 
Um, we have found that a lot of times at these awareness events, people are embarrassed to go right. because they're scared that people will assume that if they go, <clears throat> there's an issue within their family. Right. So I want to address that and say this is open to the public. This is for the public. This is educational. That is extremely important, even if someone doesn't think it's within their family. And uh, we really want people to show up so that we show that there is a support. And this is the first step. You know, we all have to be accepting. I'll say, you know, we spoke about this a few times, um, Nachum, but, you know, 30, 30, 35 years ago, there was big stigmas as far as people that are children that were born, you know, with defects. And families were embarrassed. And then the community as a whole overcame that. And then we dealt with issues of stigma pertaining to people that were sick with the machla, with cancer. Then the community overcame that. And then there was this term that I hate using the term, but it still is what it is, of the at-risk community. And the community overcame that. And it's just that as a community, we're certainly getting better. And now is the time for every person who's available to really show up there, show that you care about this issue, and show that you care about your fellow mankind. Svi, how long ago did you ask Raya Brudney to be a rabbinical advisor for Amudin? So I don't know how much time we have, but that's actually a great story, and I'll try to make it quick. Um, in February 2015, <clears throat> Amudim hosted an inaugural conference primarily focusing on abuse. Um, and it was the first of its kind at that level in the firm community. Over 450 people came for a two-day conference in a hotel in Newark, New Jersey. And Ravelia Brudney was the keynote speaker for one day at that event, and Y.Y. Jacobson was the second day's keynote speaker. Right. And <clears throat> right before Ravelia Brudney spoke, um, there was another speech, and the concept of Das Tyra came out, and where does Das Tyra fit into this? And Ravelia gave an amazing presentation, and afterwards... Uh, we had spoken to him and said, listen, in order to do this effectively, we would need to have the guidance of somebody. Would the, you know, would the Rav agree? So uh, he ended up speaking of Shmuel Kamenetsky, who pushed him to do it, and a few others. And uh, for the last uh, over a little bit over two years already, um, Revelia has been really guiding us and helping us in, in so many ways and uh, really, you know, pulls the rug out from people when they turn around and try to minimize situations. He's just been at the forefront with us uh, on the platform of Torah Misora, which we've spoken at their conferences, at the Agudo, which we've spoken at their events. So Baruch Hashem, uh, it's been a little bit over two years, and it's been, you know, sadly, very well. So you've benefited from his expertise and from his, com and from his common sense, frankly. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, we should mention that Monday night's event has a whole list of sponsors uh, but Amudim, Our Place, Ohel, and many others are, are involved and are endorsing the awareness event for Monday night. Starts 7.30 at a Terrace Chinka. Uh, we encourage the community to be there and to participate. Uh, Tzvi Gluck, I thank you. Chesky Stern, I thank you. And uh, good luck on Monday night. Thank you very much. And like I always like to close off with, I hope for the days that we don't need these events anymore. Yeah. But uh, thank you for the continued support and helping us get the word out. You, you know that I pray for the end of your organization. <laughs> so do I, but not because of lack of funds. <laughs> that's correct. We, we wanted to close for the right reason, that's for sure. 12 minutes before 9 o'clock. It's JM in the AM. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Oh, yes. Lots going on in our community, to say the least. Lots going on. You're listening from around the world. I'm sure a lot of the problems that we discuss here that seem local or sound local, especially when it comes to events, I'm sure many of them are ones that you can relate to no matter where you are on this globe. Um, Monday and Tuesday, very special days for us here at JM in the AM. Monday will be our Yom Zikaron Israel Memorial Day program. 
Tuesday, we will celebrate Yom Ha'atzmut, Israeli Independence Day program here at JM in the AM. Don't forget. Also want to recognize some of the people that have, and some of the organizations that have really set aside time for the um, celebrations. Yeshiva Flatbush has a special tefillah and Yom Ha'atzmut celebration on Monday night. That's at 1609 Avenue J in Brooklyn, beginning at 745. The Mizrahi on the Lower East Side have Tfilat Arvit Baruach Chagigit, followed by a guest speaker. That'll be Monday night at 8 p.m. at 249 East Broadway. 249 East Broadway. Shachris with Hallel Tuesday morning at the Mizrahi. The Bronx Israel Independence Day Festival is Tuesday, starting at 4.30, on the theme of making the desert bloom. Thebuyit.org slash Israel has information. Thebuyit.org slash Israel has the information. A Yom Ha'atzmut celebration with Lamdenu. Lamdenu, under the direction of Dean Rachel Friedman, has dedicated Tuesday, May 2nd, beginning at 9 a.m. to Yom Ha'atzmut, a community celebration for women. At 9 o'clock, Tfilah Chagigit. 10 a.m., brunch, shira, and live music in Divrei Torah. 12.45, Israeli film and lunch. And 2.15 for Tehillim and Hatikva. Information, lamdenu.org slash Israel. Lamdenu.org slash Israel starts at 9 a.m. Tuesday at Congregation Beth Aaron, Queen Anne Road in Teaneck, New Jersey. And also don't forget the Stay Road dinner is coming up. The Max and Ruth Schwartz Stay Road Hezer Institutions and Yeshivat Hezer Stay Road Anniversary Gala Dinner happens on Tuesday night, May the 9th at Terrace on the Park in Flushing with many wonderful guest speakers, including Justice Minister Ayala Shaked, uh, Danny Dayan, Consul General of Israel, the Honorable Alon Davidi, Mayor of Stay Road. Uh, that's all happening on uh, Tuesday night, May the 9th. Information, stayroad.org. Again, you can go to the web, stayroad.org. And yesterday, uh, Miriam L. Wallach had an amazing interview regarding the Upper West Side um, uh, uh, programs that are going on. Go to uwsisrael.org. They have a JCC ride. They have Migilata Ta'atzma that's going to be read on Sunday. Uh, they have a family art day. Um, they have a, a Yom Ha'atzmaut brunch that's going on. These are all happening on the Upper, upper West Side, some at the JCC, some at some of the synagogues. They have a kosher street food festival on Sunday from 11 until 4 on 76th in Amsterdam, a family street fair from noon until 3 Sunday at the West Side Institutional Synagogue. I can't even go through all of these. There's so many events that are happening on Sunday celebrating Israel uh, on the Upper West Side of Manhattan in Kolakavod. Uh, to the Upper West Side for uh, and their leadership at the JCC for putting it together. Uh, again, go to uh, uwsisrael.org, uwsisrael.org. That'll give you all the event information. Friday morning on this day 17, the counting of the Omer, Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Tazria, and Mitzorah, candle lighting at 729. Yom HaZikaron is Monday. Yom HaTzma'ud is Tuesday. We'll wrap up an amazing Friday morning at JM in the AM. Coming up, keep it right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Shifar Kodomo, 
Ari Goldwag and Currybone. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Reminder, JM Sunday with Matis begins at 7 a.m. Sunday morning live on our stream, on our network, on our app, on our phone line. <laughs> Every possible way you could listen. And at 1 o'clock on Sunday, we will, 1 o'clock Eastern Time, we will broadcast live from the OU Jewish Communities Fair. Make sure you are tuned in. Join us for that. OU Jewish Communities Fair is Sunday in New York City at the Metropolitan Pavilion. We'll be there live between 1 and 3 o'clock. Make sure to watch, make sure to listen, make sure to enjoy. Time to take a Shabbos with Journeys at JM in the AM.
spend time with your family You'll study and you'll pray Why not wait till after Shabbos All oh, those nails won't run away So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listen to sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSegal.com on the NachumSegal Network. And of course, on our beloved NSN app. And that will wrap up an amazing week for us here at JM in the AM, to say the least. Thanks all of our special guests today. Don't forget, coming up next on the NachumSegal Network, it's Naomi Nachman. Table for two, special co-host Mark Zomik. It is the Judd's Memphis Food Cart edition of the uh, Table for Two program. That's coming up next. The video is already available right now on the home page at NahumSiegel.com, so you can check out the video of that great day on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Don't forget Saturday Night Seagull tomorrow night with Avrami. Don't forget Matis with JM Sunday on Sunday morning. And don't forget that we'll be live from the OU Jewish Communities Fair this coming Sunday between 1 and 3 p.m. Make sure to be tuned in. See it, hear it, enjoy it. Have a fabulous Shabbos, great weekend. Till next time, Malcolm Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.